Hey, what's up, everybody? Coach Josh want to officially welcome you guys out to another What Should I Do Wednesday, a time for you guys to ask me a question, any question that you have in your heart. And if I know it from a biblical and an experimental uh, point of view, I will um, give you the best that I know. Um, but I love you guys so much. Hope you guys do it exceptionally well. What's up, Allison? Come on in. Come on in. I want to give you guys who are watching me live a chance to come in to ask uh, your questions. Like, what's up, Autumn? Ask me your questions live. Also, for those who's watching later, whether on YouTube or listening later, later on Google Play, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, I want to say thank you guys so much for listening. What's up, everybody's coming in. Everybody loves that What Should I Do Wednesdays now, but you know I go in order now. But since I'm limited on time, my goal is to do a rapid-fire edition, <laughs> if that's possible. We'll see. Um, that's my goal going in, but you know how I am. If I get one of them questions I got to go about 26 minutes on, I might just do that. Now I'm messing, but I'm going to do my best. But for those who are just joining me new, you never been to my, uh, you never subscribe. You never, you don't know who I am. My name is Coach Josh. I'm a life coach. I'm a minister. I love um, to help people make sense of life. So if you enjoy the content on this channel, feel free to subscribe. But let's get right into it. I'm looking for the questions. Give you guys time. I know y'all thumbs going. So I'm ready to serve you guys. Um, me and my niece, Sapora, said good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank y'all so much for watching. Miss Toussaint. Kenichel. Uh, Kenichel. Thank you guys so much support. Thank you. Y'all, I hope you good. ladies are doing exceptionally well. Any questions? Let's get to it. Let's get to it. And for those who's like, man, I want some one-on-one -on -one coaching, man, coach is here for you. Make sure you go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. I would love to serve you. Just send me your budget, and I'll be ready to do my best to serve you. Give me one second. There we go. All right, first question, how to not be discouraged while single and saved? Good question, good question. How not to be discouraged while single and saved? All right, <clears throat> discourage means you're distant from courage. Encourage means you're entering courage, right? So the reason why many people are discouraged when they're saved and single is because their courage is in their own strength. They're, they, they're seeking a courage that's outside of God. When you enter God's courage and you enter um, his, his understanding and perspectives by life, it gives you a sense of stability. It gives you a deeper awareness of contentment so that when you begin to navigate the terrains of your singleness, you will be uh, 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 aware and content enough to understand that God has a specific person with a specific uh, uh, placement, with a specific purpose that's going to aid and complement your life. But if you get so caught up in distancing yourself from God's courage, then you're going to always be discouraged. The best way to be encouraged is to understand God, God's attributes, to understand um, on why he does do what he does and understand that his timing is perfect. He's a good, good father. You see what I'm saying? He's a good father to the degree where he knows what's best for you and to, and to, and to really become encouraged while why you're navigating your single life is to have a deeper understanding of why you're single. There's many reasons why you're single. Number one is not God's timing. Number two, there's still some more preparation. And number three is just not God's timing. <laughs> God's timing is so perfect that when that moment does come for you, you will be able to say, God, you are so good. You have been so faithful. I can't believe you came through for me like this. But what most of us do, we allow the the the, the corral of other people. We allow the, 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 um, the advice of other people. We allow the comparisons of other people to cause us to distance ourselves from being entering into God's courage. Listen, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
that's 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 not that's just not such a that's just that is just not a cute statement. It's literal that when God becomes your everything and he becomes your joy, the Bible says it was a joy that was set before Jesus that helped him endure the cross, despise his shame. So when he becomes your joy, you can navigate the, the, the difficult terrain of singleness. But in the meantime, this is how you build your courage in the meantime while you wait on somebody. Number one, work on your character. You, it, there's always room to improve while you're single work on your character find the character of God understand the character of God allow the Holy Spirit to design that character in you so that you can become the best version of yourself oh because we're gonna spill out courage off the top of the dome oh you just gotta obey God you gotta be okay let's let's switch the obey to okay you gotta be okay with God and the way he do things if you're not okay with how God does certain things you're gonna always be discouraged you literally have to be okay with it because he knows what's best. You see what I'm saying? You have to be completely okay and willing to obey God no matter what. You, you got to deepen your understanding about you. You got to deepen your understanding about God. You got to deepen your understanding about life. Ask the Holy Spirit um, to give you understanding, to give you wisdom about your life, to give you why you should be encouraged. Because when you compare yourself to everyone else, but you have discernment, no, no. When you look at everybody else's life with discernment, you will begin to see who's really divinely supported or who's demonically supported. Most of these relationships were not designed by God. Most of these couples on Instagram, you know how I could tell while you know how I could tell that God didn't even orchestrate some of this relationship because they talk too much about it. Anybody who boasts or talk too much about a thing is insecure about that thing. So see, let God develop your character. Oh, be okay with whatever God is doing in your life because you know he knows what's best. You you got to deepen your understanding and ask the Holy Spirit to give you discernment or you got to establish routines that's going to help you grow. You see what I'm saying? You got to establish routines that's going to help you grow as an individual and help build your courage, meaning engaging with God like never before. You see what I'm saying? You got to engage. You got to say, you know what? I'm going to engage with God because in that I build my strength, in that I begin to uh, grow. And that's what you got to do. A, you got to adjust your attitude. You got to gratitude is the best attitude. If you focus more on what you don't have, you're not going to be grateful for what you do have. So what you have to do is you got to readjust your awareness to, to, to your surroundings, to what's around you and be appreciative every morning, every day to the best of my ability. I always initiate my day with some type of gratitude that God, I am grateful that you have, that you have given me life, that we have a roof, that I have an amazing wife, that you have given me life. You got to adjust your attitude because if you don't adjust your attitude, then you're going to always compare yourself to what you to someone else. And you're going to always be looking for what you don't have versus appreciating what you do have. Let's see. We had courage. C-O-U-R-A attitude. G, you just got to be focused on you and God. It's that simple. Singleness. Sometimes God moves people out of your life. So they can be you and him. Because God said, I want to be your Mr. Miyagi. I want to help you grow. You got to engage with the ghost. You got to engage with God and say, God, it's you and me. And you got to be so, in, you got to enjoy God, man. You got to enjoy God. And what I mean by that, you got to say, you know what, God, you are awesome. You are amazing. And as you begin to engage with God and growing him, you're going to be encouraged that no matter when the bad time comes, you got God and you can go to his word. Last but not least, E, you got to execute on your purpose. There's an assignment of your single years right now that you need to execute on. 
That's how you build your courage because as you begin to execute within your purpose, you will begin to have a deeper understanding and awareness about what life is. And then you will be very selective on who and what you allow in your life. And you will be too distracted from even thinking about what other people are doing because you're focusing on your assignment. I'm so glad that I executed the assignments of my single years because it's paying and it's supporting me in my married years. So how to encourage encourage yourself? You gotta make sure you, dis you don't distance yourself from God's courage. You have to enter God's courage by allowing him to work on your character, for being okay with what he's doing in his wilderness life, for you deepening understanding about who you are and what's going on around you and through discernment. So you can make sure that you are, you have to establish the right routines that keeps you growing and elevating. And A, adjusting your attitude. G, being okay with you and God and growing in him individually. And E, executing on your purpose. Hope that helped you. <clears throat> Autumn. Oh, Autumn took, she took her message away? How should you? Okay, I'll get to you, Autumn. You know, I'm, I'm the, the baby's in here. You know, she goes male mystery. I got I to answer her question. I'm sorry, I'm skipping because we got the babies here. I'm going to come back to you seeking him daily, but we got Autumn in the building. How should you act in a situation? You got to always act according to what's mature. You got to always, before you act, think. Some people act before they think, Autumn, but you have to think before you act. In every situation, there are clues within it that will help you modify your behavior, modify your perspective. So in every situation, come in it quietly. Those who come into situations loud are insecure people. Those who come in quietly, sit in the corner and observe first and then act are people who will always act wisely in every situation. Hope that helped you, Autumn. <clears throat> All right, next question. Seeking him daily says, trying to hear God's voice, but not sure if he's resisting me. Um, God is near the brokenhearted. God is as close to us. God is not resisting us. But the only people he do resist is the proud. The Bible says he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So you have to look at your disposition. Is your disposition in a proud state or a humble state? If you're in a proud state, there could be some resisting because you want to be God in your life. And I'm talking about you. I'm just giving you kind of clues. But if you're humble, you know for a fact that God is not resisting you. If you're a daughter or son of his, he's not resisting you. There's three reasons why God, oh, well, there's one reason why, uh, maybe a few reasons why God is quiet, maybe a couple. God is quiet because you're going through a test. Teachers are always quiet during testing. He's quiet because um, he wants to see how you handle the situation. And um, the thing is, uh, you have to ask yourself why you want to hear his, hear his voice. There are certain people that if they call me, I'm not going to answer the phone because they just want to hear me give advice. They just want to hear me. They don't really care about me. They just want to hear from me. You see what I'm saying? So I'm I'm less likely to answer that phone call. But if I'm wanting to hear, if a person is genuine about me and they really care about me, I'll pick up that phone 99.9% .9 of the time. So you have to always look at you. There's nothing wrong with God, but there's always something wrong with us. And sometimes nothing is nothing wrong. It's just that God has a plan on why he's quiet. So God is not resisting you. You got to always ask yourself, why am I wanting to hear from God? Are you trying to hear from God to satisfy your own lust? Are you trying to hear from God because you want God to give you an idol? God's not going to speak in those situations, nor is God going to speak in clutter. So if there's a lot of clutter in your life and, and you're not even going to really adhere to what he says, he's not going to speak into clutter. Uh, um, but if you really asking genuinely and you really have the right heart, he's going to speak soon. Uh, JT says, my ex is thirst trapping on social media. I want to expose him. What should I do? I'm not trying to be messy. Don't be messy. Let him thirst trap because if thirsty people are, are, are needy people. 
And if he's thirst trapping and shows some kind of level of immaturity, anytime a person show their body, show their uh, accomplishments, show their accolades with the, with the intent of, of gathering people who are thirsty, they're thirsty as well. Thirsty people are, are thirsty people uh, uh, advertise to other thirsty people to fulfill their thirst. So don't, 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 don't contribute to his thirst because he's only doing it to get your attention. So what you do, let him thirst trap because you know what thirst trapping is. He's not only trying to trap somebody, but he's going to eventually trap himself because anyone who's drawn to him as a well, is going to, is going to overly exalt that individual. You want people to come to you because they've already been their thirst has already been quenched by Christ. Anybody who's coming after you because they're thirsty after you is going to have the wrong perspective about you. And then when that person really gets to know you for you, they're going to hurt. They're going to end up hurting them. So let him thirst trap. Let him look crazy online and you stay silent. Don't, 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 don't be in his stories. Don't even give him a clue or a hint that you watching him because that's what he want. Don't give the, that. Don't give that person's insecurities what they want. Because insecure people respond to insecure people. So you have to ask yourself, am I insecure? Am I still hurt by him? Hey, listen, give yourself time to heal from the ex because obviously he's giving you clues that he's not even uh, worth your time because he's out there thirst trapping and y'all ain't probably been broken up after, but for some time. So my ex is thirst trapping on social media. I want to expose. Don't expose him. He's going to expose himself. People who who go those routes, immature routes, expose themselves. Don't help in exposing them. Just sit back and watch the movie. Tamika says, I'm in a relationship with uh, which I've been in since I was 16 for 16 years. Wow. I feel like it's not going anywhere despite the cheating and, and forgiveness. I just feel stuck. We both do. Any questions on what to do? <clears throat> very delicate uh, question. Def very delicate, delicate situation. First off, God can heal and help anything. Cheating, unforgiveness, or whatever is not too big that God can't heal. If both of you all want to make this work, you cannot make it work without God. Y'all both have to submit to God and say, God, we need your help. Oftentimes, marriages, relationships, friendships, partnerships, whatever ship you find yourself on, try to sail without God. <clears throat> and in the process, when they become the captains of their ships, those ships are heading towards icebergs. And you know the rest of that story. But when you allow God to be the captain of your partnership, your friendship, your relationship or your companionships or whatever it is, but specifically your situation, your marriage, <clears throat> when you allow him to be the captain of that ship, he can begin to turn that thing miraculously to avoid icebergs and to sail to the purpose, their destination. See what I'm saying? So if you guys have been in it for 16 years, from what I've heard from people, there are going to be certain years. It's going to be difficult, but it's the difficulties become easier from the advice that I've gotten from counsel is when both parties really are intentional in allowing God to be in its midst. If you feel stuck, you got to be able to say, you know what, God, you're the only one that can help us. But I'm not here to give you advice on what you should do in regards to divorce separation. My first advice for you is to go to God and y'all both say, look, I know we've done some mess. I know we've messed up. But do we want to make this work? That's what you need to do. Go to each other and say, do we really want to make this work? Do we really want to make this work? And if both people come back and say, yeah, we really want to make this work, then y'all make it work. But you can't make it work without God. So y'all both got to go to God and admit, confess your sins, confess your arrogance, confess your idolatries, confess your insecurities, and welcome the Holy Spirit in your life. Find a good, solid church to be a part of. Get involved. Do things together. Be intentional. Love is work. Lust is easy. <clears throat> Love is hard. Lust is easy work. Love is hard work. 
So if you want love to be brought into your relationship, into your marriage, y'all got to work hard. And that's that means your mind has to be renewed. You have to forgive each other. Y'all got to let things go. And only God can supernaturally do that. But if one of y'all don't want to make it work, but you really want to make it work and you feel like God can really make it work, then you serve the hell out of that person. And what I mean by that, serve the hell out of them, serve all the bad stuff out of them. And the Bible says your kindness will heap coals of fire on their head, which means it will renew their mind. So if you believe it can work, but he's having a hard time making it work or she has a hard time making it work but you know god wants to make it work what you do is you war for them privately serve them with kindness publicly hope that came out <clears throat> right all right let's keep going josh what do you do when you're living with someone who has a legion of demons in them they laugh at prayer the idea of demons how do i cover myself in the blood you cover yourself in the blood you plead the blood in the name of jesus see see demons are arrogant Demons know demons have a false sense of arrogance. They they prey on your mis they prey on your lack of understanding. Okay, they prey on your ignorance, they prey on your insecurities, they prey on your impulsiveness. So when you're ignorant, they 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 act arrogant. Okay, you ignorant, you don't know that you got more power than me. So I'm gonna be arrogant, so I'm gonna laugh at your prayer to make you feel shame and ridicule. Are they gonna uh, they're gonna operate off of your insecurities? Oh, you're not securing God, so we're gonna attack on your insecurities. If they notice that you are impulsive, that you always respond to every little thing they do, they're gonna keep doing the same little things over and over again. So what you do is you got to build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. The word says the Holy Spirit will help you pray things and strengthen you in areas that you know that you can't in of yourself. So what you do is you give you some oil. You set that oil apart. Say, Father God, Heavenly Father, I set this oil aside for your use. Holy Spirit, whatever this oil touches will be supernaturally provided with your with your protection, your 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 um. Uh, uh, protection and uh, wherever it touch will be blessed. You anoint yourself with oil at night. You anoint your room's doorpost and watch that person can't even cross that threshold disrespectfully. I've heard it many times when I told people that whoever they live with, they they act crazy in the kitchen, they act crazy in the living room. But when it came to that bedroom, they they, they uh, one lady told me the person always was like, I feel like I can't come in the room. That person literally leaned up against the door door uh <clears throat> thing. And it was like, man, I, I and they, the person was like, man, why can't I feel like every time I try to come in, room, I feel uncomfortable. It's that blood shield. It's that Holy Ghost shield. So what you do, you plead the blood over your property, your territory. You build yourself up in your multi holy faith by praying the Holy Ghost. If you don't know how to pray in tongues, ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that. Pray, uh, 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 and just really just engage with God. And don't let those demons steal your joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. In order to defeat them, you have to be in joy. You have to enjoy God, which means you have to enter his joy. Hope to help. Candy says, what are good ways to keep emotional boundaries with someone you're interested and have to see frequently? Good question. <clears throat> what are good ways to keep emotional boundaries? First, you got to know yourself. You got to know your emotional limits. In order to set emotional boundaries, you have to know your emotional limits. If you know for a fact that person just makes you feel too good and makes you feel bad, oppressed, or, or impressed, you see what I'm saying? You have to set boundaries. You have to say, you know what? I cannot give someone power over me because I have no boundaries in myself. So the best ways to establish emotional boundaries is to have a clear, honest communication with yourself. Yo, Candy, what can I handle? Candy, what can you handle? Why do you like this person? What, what about them triggers you? Why do I allow them to trigger me? Am I idolizing them? Am I am I am I caught up in them? So what you have to do, you have to kind of uh, begin to um, reverse 
your emotional connections, which means you have to be intentional in your relationship with God. See, many of us, we give people more of our emotional concern, more of our emotional attachments than we do God. So now you have to be honest with yourself because honesty is the best policy. The worst person to lie to is yourself. And many people lie to themselves by saying, oh, I can handle this person. I can handle uh, <clears throat> um, this person mentioning you can't. I was talking, I was coaching someone the other day and I said, man, you can't, you can't trust yourself. The moment you trust yourself is the moment you fall, period. You can't trust yourself. As a married man, I can't trust myself and myself. And any any wife, any husband can't trust themselves in every situation. You got to always make sure you in trust with God and be honest with yourself and say, you know what? There's a certain place I cannot go, certain things I cannot do because I'm not emotionally secure enough. So if you're always around that person, when you know that you're about to pull up to the job or pull it wherever they are, you go to God, you park that car and you say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. It's that simple. Holy Spirit, you know I like this person. Holy Spirit, you know I have feelings this person. Supernaturally sustain me and protect me and, and watch a supernatural confidence, a supernatural awareness comes and you may be, wow, I'm really acting better around this person I'm interested in because anything you try to do in your own control you got to control it. But when you are honest, the Bible says the strength is made perfect in your weakness. So when you acknowledge the guy, yo, God, I'm about to be weak because he's he going to smell good. He he look good, God. Oh, God, she, she, oh, there she go again. God, I'm weak. She got me weak in the knees. I'm weak, God. God, I need your help. He got me weak, God. So what you do is, God, I need your strength. I'm acknowledging, because if you're trying to be like, okay, no, I got this. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to, no, no, no. God, I can't handle him. I can't handle her right now. Because of infatuation, because of idolatry, whatever it is, confess your, get it out your heart and say, God, I need your help. And watch when you get around them, you're going to be a different person. <clears throat> How do you combat comparisons? Good question. Um, not comparing. You combat comparison by getting clarity on why you shouldn't compare. Now, here's the clarity on why you shouldn't compare. Number one, comparing yourself with someone else. I did a video. Here we go. There's a video I did on... Um, um, I forgot what it was. Um, how to not, um, why you shouldn't compare yourself to other people. I did a video, I did an acronym, C-O-M-P-A-R-E. Watch that video, it will help you. But for right now, to help you specifically, because I don't want to be rude, you combat comparisons by comparing your life vertically. If you compare your life horizontally, you're going to always find yourself either in pride or in, or in insecurity. But when you compare yourself to God, you're going to always be focused on improving. You're going to always be focusing on growing. The reason why you shouldn't compare yourself to other people is because you don't, you don't, you, you're not clear on what's going on behind the scenes. I never compare myself with someone that I don't know. Therefore, I compare myself with the one that I desire to know who is God. I, why am I going to compare myself to their relationship when I don't even, I, I don't have a 24-7 surveillance on? Because what they post on and social media is the worst place to get intel about somebody's life. Because social media is a place where people are social about their insecurities. So many people, social media pages screams insecurities. People who pray online, people who be like, God, I just want to thank you. Why are you going on social media to talk to God? You're not doing that because you want to talk to God. You're doing that so you can advertise your spirituality. A lot of people, they put me and Bay out here at this restaurant. Why are you posting every you breakfast, lunch, and dinner? You, you posting breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what y'all doing? Insecurities. Insecurities are loud. Confidence is silent. So those people you don't even really see much are people who got too much to do. 
So you combat comparisons by getting proactive in your purpose, comparing yourself vertically, uh, realizing that you don't know everything about another person's life, and that'll keep you from going going focused. But check out that video that I did on how to not compare yourself, why you shouldn't compare yourself to others. I go into about 15, 17 minutes of deep intel on that, and that should help you. <clears throat> Psalms of Thought says, hey, bro, I'm currently facing the worst trial of my life. I've been there, done that. The Trumps, this Trumps the abusive child I had to face. Wow. Why does God allow this pain? I feel like my heart is broken. I'm being crushed. Listen, you're being crushed. Let's talk about being crushed. Olive oil, when it's olives, when it's crushed, produce oil. God said he will not allow you to be tempted beyond you are able to bear. There's been certain things that I've been through that I didn't think I would survive. But now that I look back, I'm like, wow, I survived it. It's hard to know what's going to happen when you're in the midst of a trial, but know that you're on trial. Your faith is on trial. You got a prosecutor and you got your lawyer. The Holy Spirit is saying you're going through this trial because I'm trying you. I want to I want to pull greater faith out of you. But you got a prosecutor on the other side who's like, why are you going through this trial? Man, I'm going to come at you with tough questions. I'm going to come at you hard because I want you to fail this trial because a person you become after this trial is going to be dangerous in the hands of God. So what you got to understand is that a trial is what you have to go through for your faith to be strengthened, for your faith to be stronger. And listen, there were times where I'm like, this is bigger than what I've been through. But then you survived what was the biggest that you ever been through. So if you survived the biggest, you can survive this big. You see what I'm saying? And what and the best way to do it is to dive intentionally deeper into God and say, God, I'm going to I'm going to fight this with you because I know you won this case. 2000 some years ago. And you have to understand that's purpose and pain. You got to go through this for somebody else who's going to eventually go through the same pain you're going through. So if you feel heartbroken, know that God is not a broken hearted. What you got to do is find scriptures on heartbreak. And then you meditate on that word. You got to meditate. Like right now, this is where you got to put into practice all that stuff that, that, that you know you should. Many of us, we talk a big game. I'm not talking about you. A lot of us, we talk a big game. But when it's time to play the game, we got butterflies, knees, weak arms is heavy. About to throw up mom's spaghetti. You see what I'm saying? But now you, we boasted about this game day. And when the state championship here, when the NBA finals is here, now we see who can really handle it. So what you do now is you say, okay, God. You're not going to you're not going to allow me to go through anything. Your your will will not take me where your grace won't keep me. So, God, now I'm going to put my spiritual disciplines to practice. That's what you do. <clears throat> this ain't this ain't this is right now because you're in the middle of it. It feels like it's the worst. But with God, this ain't nothing. And one day you're going to look back and be like, wow, God got me through this supernatural. But now you got to put into practice your spiritual disciplines, which means you got to cut off. You cut off certain things, adding clutter in your mind. Find a peace with God. Find scriptures and start meditating. The Bible says meditate on the word day and night. He says, I love about what other scripture says. I hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now it's time to work. Now that you're going through a trial, now you're going through a test time, now it's time to put your spiritual disciplines into place. And now it's time to put your trust in God. This ain't this this too shall pass. Don't make the temporary season a longer one. It's only a season. You're going to be out of it before you even think about it. What do you think about therapy? <clears throat> um, I have I have mixed views about therapy because therapy has become such a 
A thing now, I do believe therapy is important, but I think you got to make sure you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to the right therapist. Not all pastors are meant to counsel. Not all therapists are meant to give therapy. So what you have to do is make sure that you go to the ultimate counselor, the ultimate therapist, which is the Holy Spirit. It's crazy how many of us want to go to uh, uh, flesh and blood, blood and clay when we got the best one inside of us day by day. You see what I'm saying? So what you have to understand is nothing wrong with therapy, but allow the Holy Spirit to get a shot at you first and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to the right uh, counsel and therapy, therapist or counselor so that you can navigate your situation. All right, I got about 10 more questions. I got to go. <clears throat> Not 10 more questions, 10 more minutes. Uh-oh, my, my thing. Um, okay, let me scroll up because y'all trying to skip lines. Not trying to skip lines. All right. Um, I'm fasting and doing what God tells me, but I don't. Uh, are you the same? Okay, it's with the same question. Okay, I'm fasting and doing what God tells me, but I don't see Him changing my situation. Is this how God promotes the chosen? <clears throat> um, you have to understand this. Um, everything boils down to motive. Everything boils down to His will. Everything boils down to His timing. You can do a bunch of praying and a bunch of fasting, but if it's not God's timing, it ain't gonna happen. You see what I'm saying? Um, so if, if, if his your situation will change when he sees fit for your situation to change. So sometimes he, he allows you to stay in a season longer because he's still trying to change you. So what you have to understand is fasting and praying and whining and crying and, and pacing and serving and tithing and giving is not doing that. Those things ain't going to make God budge one moment, one day, one second before his timing. His timing is perfect and you could do a bunch of stuff to persuade him, but he's impersuadable. He's immutable. That means he never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he has planned cannot be changed. So when you understand that attribute of God, that he's immutable, look that up. Look at the word immutable. Just look up God attributes. What you do right now, in the meantime, study the attributes of God. Go to Google and type in God's attributes, and you'll have a bunch of things about God and who he is in character form, and it will help you understand why he does what he does. So you'll know, okay, am I fasting to try to make God do stuff? If you know that, you'll stop doing that stuff anyway because it's pointless. God bless you, too. Thank you for uh, watching. Uh, <clears throat> if finding Nemo... Okay. All right. Good question, Candy Girl. What will it take to really get over someone if they never did anything wrong to you and always been a good friend when I was the one who grew feelings for? Um, what will it take to really get over someone if they never did anything wrong to you and always been a good friend when I was the one who grew feelings for, let me see if you wrote something else, for, you grew feelings for somebody else. You just got to forgive yourself. Some of some some of us, we've all been there where we've uh, misunderstood, misused, um, didn't quite um, get or understand people that were really good to us. And you just got to forgive yourself, you know, and, and that is difficult because sometimes we take good people for granted and we and we grant the wrong people access to us. So what you do in the meantime is forgive yourself. You got to say, you know what? I messed up. Don't try to win them back because if it's meant if, it, if it's meant if if it's meant for them to be in your life, God will bring them back into your life. Um, and, and, it's, and now you learn the lesson going forward. Now you go forward and say, you know what? I'm not going to mistreat the people who are good to me. Because now I feel what it feels like not to have a good person in my life anymore. So forgive yourself, 
write down what you did wrong, confess that to God and ask God to help you uh, forgive yourself and get over that and, and be intentional and in not doing those same things to someone else. That's a good person. And if you really love that person and, and it's God's will for them to be in your life, don't try to force them in your life. Let God let them flow in your life if it's meant to be. <clears throat> All right. How do you deal with feelings like you are held at a higher standard than others? And it seems like God is answering your prayers. I feel like I've always come in last in my life. You preach to the choir. I'm the only one in the choir right now. You know, let me tell you this. To whom much is given, much is required. If you want God to give you much, there's much requirements. And most people get things quicker because they're not on a certain tier. I know what tier I'm on. You know what I'm saying? And it took a long time for me to really understand why does God always bless people? Why did it take me 32 years? Why did it take me 20 years? Why did it take me 10, 11 years? Why did it take this me <clears throat> such a long time? I realized that I'm, 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 I'm an elite person in his army. See, I'm saying there's there's one army, right? But there's different categories. And you got the Marines, or I'm not really um, knowledgeable about the different ranks, but I'm sure there's the, the recons and the classifies and the elite level of those in the army. But they got to go through greater stuff than the people in, uh, in uh, 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 as a regular soldier. You see what I'm saying? So if you feel like you're always coming in last, uh, the last shall be first. So let the people go get their things first and know that when it's your turn, you're going to have greater and bigger because you have went through more requirements. So don't be discouraged when God holds you to a higher standard. He has a higher purpose for you to do. I know that's why I don't get um, promoted quick. That's why my YouTube channel is where it is. That's why God hasn't promoted me because I'm still going through requirements. But when my moment comes, I will have had the I will have I will have the right understanding. I will have the right mind renewal. I will have the right character to do the assignment to whom much is given, much required. But people hear the given first before they hear the requirement. OK, if God has given you a purpose, that purpose may not be tangible, but you got to go through the requirements first. So don't be discouraged when you always last. The Bible says last shall be first. So how do you deal with feelings like you are held at a higher standard than others? And it seems like God is, God is answering. God is training you. So now you got to get out of your feelings. You got to find the facts of those who are elite. You got to find the facts of why it took uh, Noah's uh, 60 uh, decades to do to finish his assignment. Why did it take uh, uh, Joseph 18 years to become the second in command of Egypt? He had to go through the pits. He had to go through the prison. He had to go through Potiphar's wife. He had to go through some stuff to learn. You see what I'm saying? So you got to get out of your feelings and find the facts of why you're going through what you're going through and let now, I don't even want to call them low levels. They're not even low levels. Let the other people do what they do. But you don't really know what God, the devil answered prayers too. So when you don't, how do we know? How do we know that God is answering these people's prayers? It's usually the devil is. You can look at their character and their fruit to realize who's, who's, who's their vine. So to be encouraged, to keep going forward, you just got to realize, hey, I got to go through these modules because God has a greater purpose. That's what I do. I know that I'm not going to be elevated as quickly as a lot of these preachers are. I know that God is slow cooking me, but meals who, what do you want, a microwave life or do you want a, a, um, a slow cooker life? I want to be slow cooked. Put me in a little cooker. Let me sit there for hours and days because all the seasonings are coming together. The love, that little, you, you add a little love in that crock pot and you add a little joy in that crock pot and you add a little meekness and gentleness and all the self-control and all the fruits of the spirit. You put, and then let, just let me sit in the soup. Just let me sit in the soup. 
And then let all those joy, love, kindness, meet all those fruits of the spirit marinate in me. So when it's time to pull me out of that pot, I'm seasoned. But you can't be seasoned without going through seasons. So if you 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 can be bland all you want, you could be one season Suli. You can be once uh one one flavor uh one flavor uh Sally. Or do you want bursting of flavor when people bite out of your ministry and bite out of your life? When people bite from me, they're getting all kinds of seasonings. You got a little rosemary. You got some thyme in that mug. You got some uh, pink Himalayan salt. You got all kind of season when people bite for me. And that comes from years and years. That's why you go from glory to glory when you go through grind from grind. You see what I'm saying? So let God grind. Let God grind you some more. Let God mold you. Because right now, when people bit off, bit off of my ministry when I was 21, 22, all right, cool, Mrs. Dash. Okay, you got some Mrs. Dash. But then when they bite from me now, they got all kind of flavors. Soak in his presence, soak in his soup. Let him cook you over time. So when people bite from your life, they'll know you're seasoned. All right, y'all. I got time for um, maybe one or two more questions. Let me get some people that I haven't um, talked to yet. Honestly, this is the best time of my life. Singleness, I wish I saw the beauty and purpose way early in singleness years ago. Listen. Singleness is just as a blessing as marriage. Some people overlook their singleness because they idolize marriage. Man, singleness, marriage is overrated. To not overrated. What I mean by overrated is it's overrated when you have the wrong mindset. You see what I'm saying? Marriage is for mature audiences only. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's TVMA, mature audiences only. You 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 set yourself up with false expectations. So marriage is. Uh, underrated. Let's put it as underrated because people, everybody think they can do it. Not overrated. Marriage is underrated. Uh, I can do that. No, you can't. Not everybody can do this. Why do you think divorce is high? People don't break marriage. Marriage breaks people because of its mature platform. All right. <clears throat> Let me make sure I ain't skipping nobody. Hello. What should I do if my husband and I can't stop fighting? We have walls against each other. I'm fasting, but how can I fast effectively? How to heal from hurt? Listen, good question, Jay. You know how walls fall down? Remember how the walls of Jericho fell down? Um, they got intel from the most high to put the worshipers in the front. And because the worshipers, woo, the worshipers broke down the spiritual walls first. See, spiritual walls have come down before the natural walls come down. And the best, the only thing that the spiritual world honors is praise. The number one weapon against the spiritual realm, especially after marriages and especially after individuals, is worship and praise. When you praise God in advance and you allow his joy to become your strength, then you will begin to walk around your marriage and praise because you know God is going to bring these walls down. So what you do is you have to get the right mindset and say, you know, I'm going to worship God in the midst of this pain. I'm going to praise him anyhow. I'm going to praise him in advance and I'm going to walk around this marriage as often as I I need to with praise in my heart, knowing that Christ is my deliverer, that he can regenerate any any aspect and bring all the walls down. And that's what you do. You give God praise. You walk around that thing and you say, you know what? These walls will come down. So you change your thinking, you change your words and you change your perspective. Because in doing so, see, 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 fasting is cool. But 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 some things don't come about prayer and fasting. Don't get me wrong. So you do those things. 
but praise is a powerful weapon. Now, let's get a little bit more practical. Question is, why are you fighting? The Bible says you got to get clarity. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So you got to see the enemy behind y'all. What is really causing y'all to fight? Um, if you if you if you keep fighting each other, the devil wins. If you fight the devil, y'all win. See what I'm saying? And if you fight him knowing that you are not going to take my marriage, you can get power over it. You have dominion over that. You don't get the devil dominion over by fighting your flesh and blood. You fight it, you don't wrestle against them. Um now you have to identify the hurt. It's easy to identify hurt. Time, date, place, person. Feelings. So you go place that I got hurt, the person that hurt me, the feelings I have from this hurt. Identify is it because of, is it is it is it beyond your husband? Is have you not healed yet from your dad or your mom? Have you not healed yet from your childhood? So now you got to question all those things cuz sometimes our spouse suffers because of what we suffered in our past. And that's why you can't get in a relationship or marriage with somebody if you know that you're not healed all the way. So what to do now since you're in the midst of that is to humble yourself and go to your husband and say, you know what? I'm sorry. Don't wait. Listen, I've learned and I've been told, don't wait for the other person to say, I'm sorry. You go and say it. I'm sorry for what I did wrong. Soft answer can turn away wrath. You know what? I was wrong about last week. I have these issues in my life. Can you be gracious with me and help me overcome this? Don't even worry about his issues. You come to him humbly and say, these are my issues and I'm going to God about this. And can you be gracious with me? I'm sorry if I allowed this to get in the way. Just be humble. Even if he's wrong, you admit yours first. <clears throat> and watch God supernaturally heals that. I love you guys. I got to go. I pray this uh, uh, Q&A was a blessing. I'll try to do this again. Um, some oh, A lot of questions. I know. I know. I know. Forgive me. But I, I, me and my wife have some things planned for the day, and I have a coaching session a little bit later. Um, but so I have to, I have to take care of home base. Um, so I love you guys. Y'all know I do. Um, man, I got, I can't even look at the. I, mean, I ain't gonna look at the comments. I ain't gonna look at it. First things first. You know what I'm saying? I love y'all, but you, you know, you gotta take care of home. Um, so if you, if you have any. Oh man, I may do this again. I may do a lot more random Q and A's. I'll do my best. Um, uh, to do more because I want to. I, I love Q and A's. That's where I feel like I'm in my zone. Um, but this video will repost. It will be available if you have. If you want one on one coaching, if you feel like you ain't got your question answered here, and you want to <clears throat> book me, book me for a one on one coaching session. That's what I'm here for. You can contact me today at imunplugged.com. Um, there's a tab that says custom coaching. Um, go to my website, Monty. I am unplugged. Dot com. Let me write it down for y'all so y'all know. Uh, uh, let's see. That's my website there. <clears throat> Go there, custom coaching. Book me now. I have about, uh, I have a, a good few slots left, July and August. So if you want to talk to me one-on-one, book me now. Uh, we'll have to just give me your budget. Whatever you can do, we'll make it work. Love you guys. Books and uh, card games, courses at the website as well. You're so welcome, Monty. That's what I'm here for, fam. I'm here for you guys. So whatever your budget is, hit me up. I would love to coach you um, and help you navigate some of these questions I couldn't get to. Love you guys. Got to go. Peace.